For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, listeners, to Episode 9 of the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. We're your hosts, David and Travis Ware. Today's episode is brought to you by 8sleep.com. Let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Johns Hopkins and Harvard. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep as humans every single night. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. Tough to get a good sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like to bed cool, your partner likes to bed warm, now you can have both at the same time. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights. If you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange for a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off of your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro. Once again, that's 8sleep.com pro. Okay, let's get today's show started. UCLA is coming off a 14-point loss against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish ahead of their game against North Carolina on Saturday in Vegas. Uh, it was a hard-fought game. UCLA never got within 10 in the second half, uh, started the game slow, and never could really find a rhythm offensively. Dave, can you expand on some of these things? Yeah, I mean, we struggled scoring the ball. Um, yeah, it was very evident. Like we talked about in our in our pregame show, um, UCLA, our, our Achilles heel is the fact that we just can't shoot the ball well from deep. And I, we only had... We, we've shown it in flashes, but we just need to do it consistently. Especially heading into conference, we need to put something together offensively. And, and Mick, Mick Cronin seems aware, definitely aware of it, the, the lack of offense and where he's going to get his offense from. They need to find some type of flow before conference kicks off. We had we had one guy scoring double digits, and that was Chris Smith with 10 points. Um, and then Prince uh, Ali added nine. And Jaime had, a, Jaime added had nine, nine as well. Um, Sharif so, had eight. Yeah, uh, Sharif O'Neal had a great game. He had eight 17 points. minutes and uh, eight a, points. And 11, 11 rebounds, yeah. five offensive rebounds. So it's really good uh, to see him um, getting going a little bit. Hopefully this will be a confidence boost for him as we have two two games left before we get into conference play. A big one against uh, North Carolina this upcoming Saturday in Las Vegas. Uh, should be a great matchup. But, you know, slow nights for C- 
Cody and uh, Jalen, both of them, they really struggled um, getting quality looks at the rim. I know they're only four feet away, but it seemed like every single shot was contested. Yeah, and and again, that's that's what happens. When you go against a guy like Mooney for for Notre Dame. He's big. He he ended up with fourteen points and fifteen rebounds. Yeah, so, so he had a big he'll, double double. Probably uh, remaining at the top of the country in rebounds per game. Yeah, you'd uh, you would think. Um, and but, it's funny because he's not really above the rim player, but he's so well at using his base just to dislodge guys and mm-hmm. getting great position that. I feel like there's rebounders that go up and get the ball, mm-hmm. and then there's rebounders that just are great at carving out space, and he's just one of those guys. But, yeah, he's an older veteran guy, and he just understands how to use his body. He understands spacing and, and the physicality and what, what his strengths are, and he plays to his strengths. He, UCLA, he plays his game. Uh, yeah, I want to I wanna look at the UCLA shooting. Um, we were 22 for 63 on the game. Uh, that's just a shy, just shy under thirty-five percent. But we were seven for sixteen from the three, with you know forty-four percent. I know that UCLA hasn't been a phenomenal three-point shooting team this year, but I well, feel we've like, been around thirty percent. Yeah, but I feel like I mean seven for sixteen is pretty good. I, I would have liked to seen them take more attempts, because. Um, statistically speaking, those are the shots that are going to yield your highest points. So only 16 attempts. I mean, at least get that up to 20. You see Notre Dame, you know, jacking up 39. Yeah. Um, making 15 of them. So, you know, that's 15 threes versus seven threes. That's that's a big point differential. And that's where you see the points being made up in the final outcome of the score. Mm-hmm. But I look at our free throw shooting. We are 10 for 20. I mean, we missed 10 free throws. We make those free throws. Um you know, we lose by four points. Yeah, it's it's a ball game. So this was, this was a game that I felt like we should have been in closer. Um, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit with the with the poor field goal shooting and, and the really poorly uh with really poor free throw shooting. Yeah. Um, you can't go fifty percent from the free throw line and expect to you know be be uh, be in, be, be in the game, especially against a, a good opponent. But you know, Jalen Hill. He didn't have a field goal this game. He had three points, three for four from the free throw line. So at least he made his free and throw. Cody, shots. Cody was three for eleven. Yeah, Cody was three for eleven. Yeah, tough, tough go for the bigs, and that's been one of our, you know, their production and their great play has been one of our our backbones and our cornerstones of our success mm-hmm. um, when still, we've had it this season. Again, against a very good rebounding team, we still out rebounded them forty eight to forty, which is very impressive. Um, a lot of those were, you know, we were missing a lot of shots in close, so guys were able to get their own rebound. I yeah. think that could be slightly misleading, but again, we still have won every single game this season on the boards. Mm-hmm. And you look at the, you know, when you look at the box, the box score, the the distribution of rebounds among all the players. Sharif had 11 in uh-huh. 17 minutes, five of them offensive, so yeah. he was crashing the board. But, and also look at look at Jaime, he had eight, four offensive. Yeah, um, he had, you know he got in some foul trouble, but he still had a not a bad, as a freshman playing twenty five minutes, nine points, eight rebounds, assist, a steal. Um, he did some good things for I us. I think McCronin is is making a point to to make that stat an effort stat for them in their minds. Whereas rebounding is just effort, going hard to the mm-hmm. glass, especially getting, offensive rebounds, getting rebounds, boxing out your man, just playing sound. 
so you could see it in the in the players when they're crashing last they just you know they all crash hard they all box out hard they all go get those rebounds yeah when we watched practice earlier this year you saw that that was a focal point he wasn't going to let guys just stand around and, and watch shots go up he wants guys in the pain every time um like we had talked about last week uh, when we were discussing this game and potentially going up against a uh, veteran-laden team with their ability to control the pace and control the ball and be smart with the ball. That was pretty evident in the fact that you know we had nine assists, but we also had nine turnovers. So again, our assist-to-turnover ratio is still hovering around one um, when we need to get that closer. We need to start increasing that margin a little bit. And then you look at Notre Dame, who had 15 assists and only turned the ball over six times, who, you know, was at you know slightly six, over a two to one assisted turnover. Exactly, which is, which is, is where you want to be as a as a team. Mm-hmm. They also shot seventy first seventy percent from the free throw line. So they did the little things that you see from a veteran team that it takes to win a basketball game. They, um, you know, they shot around forty percent from the field, both uh, overall and from three point. They took care of the ball, only six turnovers throughout the whole game. That's extremely impressive. That's what you want. They only had 14 fouls. Um, so I think that's something you see from a veteran team is across the board. They make winning plays consistently, and that's you know that, that just comes from just playing their pace and not getting rushed and understand that the overall, the overall pace of the game um, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I was I was really fr- I was really frustrated at the start of this game because Notre Dame came out and they missed eleven of their ver- of their first thirteen shot attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if UCLA had any sort of continuity or could get anything going offensively to start that game, it it, it could have kind of t- turned the tide. At least you know gave UCLA some momentum to start that game. Perhaps coming out and getting a an early lead. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen, and Notre Dame was able to convert you know, three point three three point shot attempts uh, after their little their shooting drought, and jumped out to a twenty to eight lead with only eight to eight minutes and thirteen seconds to play in the first half. So UCLA only had eight points with eight minutes and thirteen seconds to play in the first half. Mm. Little bit of youth, little bit of lack of shooting. I mean, that's just what. And, and this was their first hostile environment that they were playing. No, they were in Maui. I wouldn't say this is their first hostile environment. This is their first. This is like their true first. away yeah. game. I but. mean, Maui is different because Maui is a, it's a super small gym. The crowds are pretty mixed there. It's not like it's not like you're in another team's home court. I would say this was definitely their first hostile on the road game against a, a, a very solid Notre Dame team. I know. Man, eight eight points in twelve minutes of play just seems. I think it's. I mean, it's a good wake up call for the Bruins that when they go on the road, they need to make it a a point to get off to a hot start and get off to a strong start because. Yeah. I, you know, I know. I, I know that like from the post game post game comments, Mick Cronin, he definitely sees this as an issue with this team. Just mm-hmm. you know the off the lack of mm-hmm. offense. Or like, where's the production going to come from? You got guys that individually can score, but I think it's just getting them com- the youth comfortable enough to like form some continuity offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I see them just you know hammering the ball down low. You know for their bigs to go back to the basket one-on-one, you know, give the other team's opposing guards opportunities to dig down defensively. I would like to see, you know, Jalen Hill and Cody Riley maybe initiate some more 
like pick and roll opportunities with their guards, at least create mismatch opportunities and create some more flow, you know, from as you know, basketball lingo, single side, single side tag options where they're, you know, pitching, setting a, setting a, a, a screen and roll with mm-hmm. a shooter like Jaime coming up out of the corner, mm-hmm. you know, create some of these odd man opportunities where they're going to get open looks where not, where they're not always going to have contested hook shots, contested post moves, but they're mm-hmm. going to get wide open dump downs for mm-hmm. open dunks or at least open threes, you know, create open shot opportunities. Yeah, agreed. I think those single side tag opportunities uh, would be really good for the Bruins, especially with Jaime lifting up out of the corner. Yeah. His guy either having to help on a roll from um, our bigs, or if he, do, you know, if he does tag, Jaime should get a wide open shot. Uh, again, um, yeah, it, it was, was just a tough loss. Uh, offensively, it was it was hard to watch. You see some defensive miscommunications, but. I, I thought for the most part their defense wasn't all that bad. It's just yeah. they couldn't, they just couldn't score. I just, I think for this UCLA team, I worry when we get down eight or ten points, it's just hard for us because we don't have that firepower to really get back in the game. So I think it needs to be, it needs to be something where the Bruins really focus on keeping the game tight. We need to try to jump out to an early lead, and we if we do get behind, we can't we can't get down more than ten points because we just we have a tough time clawing back anything more than that. Um, yeah, you've, you've seen it in spurts this year, uh, the Bruins being able to score. It hasn't been against the level of competition that the Fighting Irish are, huh. but when the Bruins get it going and they get a flow and, and their players are confident and their players are aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, they look good. Yeah, I think there's just a mindset for these young guys as they get more comfortable just to remain aggressive and not be so hesitant or reluctant to take good shots early on in the shot clock mm-hmm. because I see them sometimes milking the clock a little bit, mm-hmm. um, just probing too much. Their 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 offense and their individual games need to be more, I feel like, in attack mode mm-hmm. at all times. This next segment is brought to you by MyBookie. It's an exciting time for sports. Sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual threat QB. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50-1 to to begin the season and have plummeted since, making MyBookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. If you're a kind of person who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code, capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code, capital BLV, to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Okay, everyone, looking ahead to UCLA's next game against the North Carolina Tar Heels, slated for Saturday at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas at 12 p.m. Both teams are coming off losses, UCLA to Notre Dame and North Carolina to Walford at home. Um, Dave, can you expand a little bit and tell us what we're going to see in this game? 
it's nice that this game's on a neutral floor. Um, although North Carolina does travel well, I would assume that they might have um, maybe slightly more fans there than the Bruins. But that being said, listen, this is a North Carolina team that's in a bit of a, a slump right now. Uh, they're six and four. They just dropped one to Wofford. They just lost Cole Anthony for for I don't know. He's how out indefinitely. Long. Let's not speculate. Um, don't want to get into anything there. We don't know that much about the situation, but. Not expecting to see him play against the UCLA Bruins on Saturday. Yeah, and that's a huge loss for them because he was, you know, a very ball dominant guard for them, pushing the pace. You know, that system yeah. uh, requires the point guard to handle a lot of the burden of running that offense and getting into he, that he secondary. Di- he, break. he really dictates the pace of of the game for the Tar Heels. He also dictates the the flow and what they're going to get into. Depending on his action out of that secondary break mm-hmm. determines what they're going to be running he, in the half-court set. He's such a gifted player that he alone can really... Um, Make or break it for you. He could win you a game. He, that, and he, he really could dictate and organize your entire offense by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, uh, this with him out, they only have really a, one other freshman that plays I think I mean maybe one or two other freshmen that play major major minutes in their in their lineup uh, so they are a bit of an older team a veteran laden team but um, this is a North Carolina team that's only scoring 68 points a game this year last year they were at over 85 points a game so they're struggling scoring the ball right now um, Three-point shooting isn't really in their forte, only shooting 28.7% on the season. I think this is a, a team that's vulnerable. I think UCLA, I don't think, I wouldn't say they're favored, but I think this is a very winnable game for the Bruins. I think it's a very even, uh, evenly matched game. Uh, they shoot, North Carolina shoots so, they're 29% from the three-point line, and 39, or you know, let's say 40% from the field uh, as a whole. Uh, re- they rebound the ball well, you know, 46 rebounds per game. They got two bigs inside, Brooks and uh, um, Baycock or something. Yeah, yeah. They, he, um, they got two bigs, so they're they're low down low. Um, it, it, it'd be nice to see um, our bigs rise to the challenge of, of that matchup coming off of a rough game against Notre Dame where – I, you know, we, we struggled scoring the ball inside. So I'd like to see them kind of bounce back and play with some intensity and really uh, get their get their groove back, uh, get their swag back a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I want to go back to Cole Anthony a little bit and, and his contribution, what he does for the North Carolina Tar Heels, just from a, from a stats perspective. He averages 20 points, six rebounds, and four assists a game, and two steals. He was a, he, he was their leading scorer, yeah. uh, their leading assist man, yeah. and their leading you know, a, a, steals a, a preseason AP All American. Um, mm. With that said, now they're going to rely heavily on the other guys like Brooks, Baycott, Robinson, Pierce, um, all of them starting, uh, averaging just the shy shy over between twelve and ten points between those three, and then it's a big drop off from there. Um, you got a bunch of guys averaging, you know, three to five points uh, coming in off the bench. Do you think? Do you think this uh, with Anthony being out and you know him looking at possibly his supporting cast he had this year, or, or they're uh, maybe falling below expectations to start the season? Do you think this is kind of him preser- trying to preserve no, his I, stock no, a no, little bit? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think he's got. I don't want to speculate on what kind of injury he has with his knee, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chalk that up to, you know, just 
packing, looking out for his stock. It, yeah, packing it in and, and trying to preserve his, his draft stock. Because he's the type of player that when he's healthy, he's, I think, a lock for a top five pick no matter what. Whether mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, North Carolina is going to be, you know, a Final Four team this year or not, whatever. Um, he's the type of player that's, you know, going to excel, I think, at the next level. Mm-hmm. So, so, so back to the game. Uh, looking at North Carolina's uh, overall team stats this year, besides, I mean, they are a good rebounding team. Their assist-to-turnover ratio isn't great uh, like it normally is in years past. They're averaging 13 turnovers a game and just over 13 assists per game. So, again, it's a lot like the Bruins. Our assist-to-turnover ratio is about, um, you know, is, is one-to-one as, as well. Um so I, from a stats perspective, it's very evenly matched. Um, they do have what seems to be I a think little bit have, more I of a veteran-laden we'll, team. Yeah, and I think this well, the styles. North Carolina is still going to run their their running gun style, where they mm-hmm. like to get into their secondary break. Mm-hmm. The only problem is this year you just don't have the guys to put it in the hoop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a, the key for this game is definitely transition defense for the Bruins. Yeah. they are going to be pushing the pace and pushing it hard. Um, and then which I could see. The Bruins just have to be aware. The Bruins love to clash, crash the glass. Mm-hmm. They love to get offensive rebounds. He's good, but I think Coach Coach Cronin's going to have his one and two uh, guard getting back, back automatically. automatically. Uh, but you know, Carol- I think I even think a guy like Chris Smith at the three is going to be kind of a a touch and go depending yeah. on the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll allow him to start the, to early crash on. the glass early on and see how it works out. But if North Carolina is taking advantage of that and getting out on their fast break. I think Mick Cronin will start telling Chris Smith, "Hey, on okay. the shot, get back. We need we need a long defender to to keep them from getting easy layups in transition." I also think uh, North Carolina's lack of shooting this year is definitely going to be a, a benefit for the Bruins, who you know we've struggled kind of letting teams get going from get, the three get going and shooting good percentage from the three especially with our run and jump help uh sometimes we tend to give up a few open looks here and there um so it helps that we're playing against a, a north carolina team that is having a, a historically um not great year from three or from just the from, field goal, overall, from overall shooting percentages. Overall point total. Yeah, I've never, 60, se- I've never seen a, a Roy Williams team score, you know, sub seventies. Yeah. yeah, generally it's eighties, nineties. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that's you know I'm this this week they're going to be obviously looking into that. I mean I'm sure it's a, a um a talking point in practice where they're constantly looking uh, do you to think we'll see do you think we'll see some zone um i wouldn't be surprised if we see some zone uh just to control because really they play through their bigs brooks and baycock do a lot especially with anthony out now as long as we contain the bigs inside and force them to shoot outside <laughs> shots i think I, from, I think in the half court you're going to see a very similar approach to what ucla kind of has been playing this year where they they dump it down let their bigs go to work and if not they'll just kind of kick and probe around the perimeter but it's great because i think this game we're going to be able to do to uh, the tar heels what a lot of teams have been doing to us this year in terms of just when the ball goes inside just really heavily loading up and helping on uh the inside players and and forcing them to shoot outside contested threes contested twos um because last game i mean the bigs for north carolina i know uh 
They uh, only re- from the perimeter. Well, getting to the perimeter shooters for North Carolina, they really only have one perimeter in my mind. One perimeter threat um, shooting thirty six point four percent at this point now since Cole Anthony is out, and that's a black guard that plays twenty six minutes a game, only averaging five points a game. Uh, He's probably only, well, with that said, he's probably only shooting one or two threes a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really only the perimeter three-point shooting threat the the Bruins seem to have to worry about. Yeah, and back to what I was saying about their inside presence for the Tar Heels. Both their bigs are, you know, strong, big athletic guys. Um, you got uh, Baycock, who's averaging... 10 points and close to nine rebounds a game. And then we got Brooks who's averaging 12 points and almost nine rebounds a game. So that's a loaded, uh, that's a loaded front court. It's going to be probably one of the better front courts that the Bruins have faced. Yeah, Baycott's probably going to be the longest guy that um, Hill and Riley have faced all year. I saw this, this, um, this kid play and he was phenomenal. The game I watched him play and down in the Bahamas or the Atlantis, um, he, I think he fin- he had to finish with twenty ten and I think six or seven blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, just, Again, a freshman, a freshman, just, highly, you know. Did he? Do- I mean, he just flat out dominated. He's a big, imposing player, great length. He's going to be tough to get shots over. So, with that said, um, I like to see the Bruins bigs kind of show him some pump fakes. Maybe get him in foul trouble early on, getting him in the air. Yeah, if we could get any of their bigs in foul trouble, that will be a huge blow for them because they they're going to rely heavily on them for scoring and offensive output because of um, the lack of Cole Anthony in their in their lineup. Um, but back to what I was saying, I think our bigs need to take this as a challenge to bounce back and have a have a good game against a formidable front court opponent uh, just to boost their confidence a little bit after a, a down game against Notre Dame um, in South Bend where I thought Mooney ha- you know got the better of them absolutely so again UCLA is going to be looking to bounce back against the North Carolina Tar Heels this Saturday at noon in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena we hope you can tune in for the game or even attend the game in person Um, again we look for the Bruins to come out with a victory against the North Carolina Tar Heels and get back on a winning streak yeah it would be nice to see the Bruins team with a good signature win heading into conference play I think we need that I think it would be a good confidence boost um Heading in, heading into season. Yeah, with only really two matters. games left before conference starts, um, it was nice to get get a little win streak going, get some confidence built up before we head into a very difficult Pac-12 schedule this year. So again, thank you all for tuning into episode nine of the UCLA Men's Bruins podcast, brought to you by Travis and David Ware on the Believe Podcast Network. We look forward to seeing you all on episode 10 next week as we analyze the Bruins post game against the North Carolina Tar Heels and look forward to their next opponent, the Cal State Fullerton Titans. Again, thank you all and happy holidays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.